Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. In the NOCO is supported by Blue Federal Credit Union, with locations from Denver to Cheyenne, helping members tap into the power of community. More information at bluefcu.com. From KUNC and the NPR Network, this is In the NOCO, a daily slice of Northern Colorado news and happenings. It's Friday, December 15th. I'm Erin O'Toole. Colorado has a rich railroad history, from mining trains carved through the mountains to freight trains chugging across the city. A lot of us hear them, a lot, but we rarely get the opportunity to actually ride the trains. That might change soon, though. Last week, a plan to develop a passenger rail line using existing freight tracks along the Front Range was accepted into a federal grant program. That could help make a multi-city train line from Fort Collins to Pueblo a reality in the next decade. To see if this long-anticipated plan is on track, I sat down with Andy Carcian of the Front Range Passenger Rail District. Andy, can I start by asking you what your own experience with trains is? I'll be honest with you. In the past, I didn't have a lot of experience with trains. I grew up in Colorado here on the Front Range, and we haven't had trains here for many, many years. We've been talking about developing them, but we haven't. You know, I, I rode a train from you know, Oaxaca, Mexico to Mexico City. You know, it took 26 hours and had a wonderful experience on that and, you know, many other trains over the world, but not here in Colorado. I have to say, I've lived here for almost 15 years, and I feel like we have been talking about getting a passenger rail line the whole time, but nothing has happened. Why do you think now is the time? Well, a couple of things have happened over the last few years. We have primarily a lot of federal dollars that are available for new and emerging passenger rail opportunities And then I'd say just a renewed interest across the Front Range for providing a new transportation option instead of just relying on our overcrowded highways. I know that a proposed route stretches from Fort Collins through Boulder and Denver all the way down to Pueblo, Um, but it doesn't include cities like Greeley, for example. I'm wondering what kind of criteria will you use to make decisions about where the stops would be? It's a great question because there's a difference between the rail that we are proposing, the intercity rail, which is faster rail with fewer stops than the commuter rail, where it's slower speeds and more frequent stops in order to capture all of those commuters. The criteria that we're using have to deal with connecting communities and markets. It's also travel times and travel speeds. By statute, it can't be slower than our average traffic speeds with too many stations, we're unable to achieve that level of service. Well, I mean, looking at traffic on I-25, that's a pretty low bar, I would think. (laughs) You know, we we talk about, you know, picture this project isn't going to be built tomorrow, obviously. It's going to take some time to build. And we say within the next decade, we're really hopeful that we're going to see these trains. And also, I, I think about the traffic scenarios within the next decade as well. So it's even going to be a lower bar to meet moving into the future. However, we're going to keep those speeds high up there. We're talking about speeds of 80 miles an hour, if not faster, with some of the track upgrades that we're looking at. I'm wondering if you're hearing concerns from people in cities who aren't served by the train 
as it's proposed, would they still need to pay the tax supporting the train? They would. The whole district pays for the service that everyone will receive. And while there may not be a direct value to a community in terms of a brick and mortar station, we want to build that starter service in order to expand moving into the future, because that's where we're going to start talking about these secondary stations and or other spurs, say to Greeley or up into Cheyenne or down into New Mexico. Andy, I... I am just going to throw this out here. I have no idea if you remember this, but I, I'm a Gen Xer, and there was this movie in the 90s called uh, Singles. Totally. I, I don't know. Yeah. Matt Damon. Not Matt, not Matt Damon. Matt, what's his name? Yeah, Dylan. Dylan. Matt Dylan. Thank that's you. it. Good. And we just wanted to play a really short clip for you because this feels very relevant. Campbell Scott's character is a big advocate for a train in Seattle. Cool. Let, let me ask you a question. Do you think about traffic ever? Because I, I do constantly traffic traffic is caused by the single car driver 900,000 single people get in their cars every morning they drive to work and they and they wonder why there's gridlock right but this is what I've been working on if you had a train right a super train you, you give the people a good reason to get out of their cars you give them great coffee great music they will park and ride I know they will and I still love my car though what? Uh, oh <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so that is obviously from the early 90s. Do you feel public sentiment has changed? Yes and no. So first off, I'm a Gen X as well, so I absolutely understand what you're talking about, right? Growing up here on the Front Range, it's just part of the culture that we need a car in order to get around. Prior to coming into this position, I worked at the Colorado DOT, and a lot of our conversations were around highways and cars, and seems like more and more people are coming to this region, they are all bringing their cars, and there's no capacity to be built in the future for additional lanes or additional options for our highways. So all of that said, I think that there's a change happening with new generations. I, my sons generally don't drive. They don't necessarily want to have that level of responsibility and they want to have microtransit all the way up to buses and trains and whatnot. So that thinking is changing in the region. And there are still people along the front range that want to drive their cars. They're not going to get into the trains. And I think that this is relevant to them as well, because if they still want to drive on the roads, that's their prerogative. Let them do that. What we want to do is get more people off the roads and into the train so that they have a better enjoyable road trip while everybody is riding the train. You've mentioned that it's about 10 to 15 years away, knowing that we don't have to lay new track necessarily um, to get this going. Is that still the timeline? Yes, it is possible. It could be earlier than that if everything kind of falls into place as we would like it to be. But since that never happens in our lives... <laughs> We are generally think that it's going to be around, you know, within a decade. Well, I have to bring this up, too. It's only tangentially related. Um, when our producer looked up your website by Googling Ride the Front Range, one of the top results was Ride the Front Range Party Bus. Nice. Um, they advertise a 4,000-watt sound system, uh, interactive LED lights, an easy access bar and cooler. 
Uh, do you see them as competition? How much might you lean into that sort of model here? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. If anything, they should see us as competition because that gave me a great idea for the train. It will just be like the front range party train. It will be much more interesting <laughs> than just a regular passenger rail train. I mean, I think there could be an option for a party car, if nothing else. <laughs> there it is. The party car, the bar <laughs> yeah. car, the the dog car. We heard somebody asked last night on a, a public webinar, the last question was, are we going to allow bikes and dogs on the trains? So we know where Coloradans hearts are. So the answer is yes, by the way, we will. You can learn more about the Front Range Passenger Rail District and see the proposed route for yourself at KUNC.org. And we want to know what you think. How would a passenger train along the Front Range make a difference in your life? You can send us a text or leave a voicemail at 970-614-5323. Tell us your name and the city you're in, and we may use your comment in a future episode. Again, that's 970-614-6323. That's it for us today here on In the NoCo. We'll be back with you on Tuesday with more of what's happening in Northern Colorado. Our interim producer is Mickey Capper. Robin Vincent is our executive producer. I'm your host, Aaron O'Toole. We'll see you next time.